Welcome to the Cyber Nation Uncensored Podcast. We welcome all Chumbas, Edge Runners, Vault Dwellers, Wastelanders, Spice Traders, and Space Folders. Thanks for joining us. Please give us a great review and also be sure to join us on both YouTube and Twitch. We'd love to see you on a live stream. Thanks again. See you soon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to uh, Cyber Nation Uncensored. I'm Tracy. Um, and these are our new players for our new uh, show that we're doing. We're going to do Session Zero today. Um, of uh, our, uh, our new Cyberpunk Red campaign called I Know You Are a Twit, But What Am I? Um, so today we're going to meet our players, introduce our characters, talk about safety tools. Uh, but first, uh, I just want to uh, deal with a couple things. First, we got to thank our, all of our sponsors. So uh, thank you to uh, Lion Bandit Games, Studio Agate, Free League Pud Publishing, Sirenscape, Fantasy Grounds, Modifius, and Loki uh, Battle Mats. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do all of this without you guys. Also, I want to thank Artalsorian Games for creating Cyberpunk Red because it's freaking awesome and I love the game. Um, and um, also, I want to thank uh, uh, Kurt for running my tech today, one of our players. So you'll meet him in a minute, but uh, I really appreciate that. So, all right. Um, with that out of the way, we'll uh, do some introductions. Um, I'll kick us off. I am Tracy. My pronouns are he, him. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Twitch, Discord, sometimes Reddit, as Stinkpalm007. I'm a uh, TTRPG creative and pro GM, um, and I have a new D&D uh, &D 5e supplement coming out next week on Drive-Thru RPG uh, called Drunken Disorderly, where we make some rules for intoxicants and give you a whole slew of uh, fantasy drugs. Um, each week, you can catch me here on Cyber Nation Uncensored, uh, playing in Team Star Runners on Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, and GMing uh, this game Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, with Session 1. It's going to be starting on December 26th, two weeks from now, um, and then going weekly after that. So, uh, let's meet our uh, fantastic players. All right, um, Kurt, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us where you can, uh, people can find you, and let us know what you're up to. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Kurt, a.k.a. Covenant, uh, the Horrible Alchemist. You can find me everywhere at my socials. It's just easier to do that than, than say all the stuff. You can find me sometimes streaming on my own Twitch channel, um, but that's rare. Uh, other than that, you can find me over on Emporium for the Wayward Gamer, where I am the GM for um, a homebrew setting of mine called Champions of Eclipsia, where I have a wonderful cast of great and wonderful people. And uh, on Sundays, normally, uh, I am part of another show, a Star Wars show called uh, Luck of the Draw, 
which is also an emporium of the Wayward Gamer. Little fledgling channel, we're trying to make it grow and stuff like that or whatnot. First time being on Cyber Nation, and I'm excited as shit to be here, everybody! So, this is gonna be great! Uh, are we doing character intros? I will do those later on. Okay, then. That's me. Alright. Uh, moving on, uh, Diamond Dust. Uh, introduce yourself, tell people about you. Hello, everybody. I'm Diamond Dust. I am a netrunning VTuber. Uh, you can find me at uh, my uh, links below. Also, uh, one of the co-founders for the Moonlighters uh, streamer group. Uh, this is my first time with Cyber Nation Uncensored. I am happy to be here. And uh, I have been GMing Cyberpunk Red for my group for a little close to about two... About six months, I think. We're, we're going to be getting close to six months. So, yeah. Actually, 20 weeks. It'll be 20 weeks coming up here soon. I got, th that's all I got for you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Um, so moving on to uh, Crimson. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, y'all. Uh, Crimson Galaxy. That's K-R-I-M-S-I-N, because I'm not me without a little bit of sin. My pronouns are they, them, she, and they. And, uh, yeah, this is also my first time appearing on Cyber Nation Uncensored, and I am incredibly excited about it. I've been excited to play, um... I've been excited to play uh, Cyberpunk Red for quite a while, read the book a couple times, and it just hasn't worked out up till this point, so I am excited. Awesome. All right, and then uh, lastly, we have uh, Anthony. All right. Um, well, uh, my name is Anthony, as you can probably tell. Uh, I am a he slash him, I guess is what you would call it. Um, you know, uh, who I am, I, I'm just some guy, and I signed up, and I got the role. <laughs> That's who I am. I did not expect to be here, but I'm very excited. Uh, you know, where can you find me on social media if I'm being honest? I don't have a really social media accounts at the moment that are public, so I don't have any listed, as you can probably see on the overlay. Um, I think there's one more thing. Uh, any projects I want to shout out? Well, I don't really have any projects to shout out of my own, but there's no but, honestly. I don't know. It's all good, man. <laughs> That's all good. Yep. Awesome. All right, so um, that's our players. Uh, basically, we're going to chat a little bit about um, my general GM style, their play style, go into some safety tools after that. Um, and then after we do the um, safety tools, then we will start talking more about Cyberpunk, do some general intro, and move on to uh, actually meeting the characters. Uh, and um, then we'll tie things up and, uh, you know get this kicked off in two weeks so um for me my general uh gm style i mean like the main thing that i worry about and I've, every gm i've taught um is if everybody has fun then you succeed it doesn't matter what else happens players can die you can go off the rails you can ruin the mission you can forget half the rules and you can make bad calls but if everybody has fun 
then we succeeded because it's a game. So we're here to have fun. Um, I hope you guys have fun too in the audience. Um, and you know, that's, that's the primary thing. Um, otherwise I like, um, I like making open world type setups. So, uh, missions that have an objective and maybe some constraints, but, uh, how you achieve this is up to you. I'm flexible on a lot of things. If you can argue a good reason for using a skill for a certain purpose, a lot of times I'll let you go for it. There's a lot of skills in cyber, uh, cyberpunk. And so, you know, I like to let people use them and let people show off that they know crap like bureaucracy or something. Because it does come in handy sometimes. Um, so, um, I'm always flexible on that and I'm willing to um, entertain your, your suggestions at times. Um, and I'm usually trying to flavor things in terms of what you're using. Um, and then I, you know, I like to allow things that make things interesting. So, um, you know, uh, obviously, you know, we don't go too crazy with everything, but like, um, and I don't like dealing with like power gamey stuff, but you know, if you have good ideas, go for it. Um, if it causes problems, well, that might make it more fun. So, um, so yeah, I tend to be a flexible, open ga uh, GM. I like to roll with things. Um, and kind of give you guys a lot of autonomy to figure out how to work with, you know, figure out what you want to do. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Um, other than that, I mean, I've I've been GMing uh, Cyberpunk uh, Red pretty much since I could get a hold of the book. Uh, so about two years now. Uh, and um, I uh, have been GMing in general for 30 plus years uh, and playing for about as long. So, um, tons of different games, mostly Cyberpunk and D&D nowadays, but um, I need to get some more like Fallout in, and I bought Witcher, so, you know, gotta play it. Um, yeah, so that that's me. Uh, so, players, um, I'd love it if you would go around the table and each of you just tell me a little bit about like your play style, like what kind of elements of TTRPGs do you enjoy the most or least, uh, like our uh, role-playing, uh, puzzles, combat, exploration, whatever. Um, also, do you tend to, like, play characters who are, like, say, careful and methodical or impulsive and chaotic or, you know, um, emotionally distraught or what it, like, do you have a, a, a style um, in terms of characters? And, of course, you can toss out anything else you want to, like, say about how you play or, um, well, whatever. I mean, um, we're live, so I can't stop you. <laughs> uh, so why don't we just uh, go around again uh, starting with Kurt alright uh, all right, everybody uh, so yeah so for this uh, interesting campaign we have uh, going on here uh, I'm going to be playing Dante Holyfield who is a who goes uh, by the name Burnout uh, he is a trauma he's a he's a trauma tech who is currently on suspension for saving the life of somebody who was not on platinum coverage uh, he made a judgment call and it was a bad one so he's he's a little bit of a reluctant hero um for lack of a better term he's kind of uh in his own feels but he very much is upset that you know only the only the corporate elite and those with all the eddies get to have their lives saved so while he's while he's on suspension he's taking advantage of it as he has a 
key to a back storeroom for full of medical supplies and helping out everybody in his hab block that he can. Um, as far as characters and stuff like that that I normally play, uh, I like playing a the whole gamut. Honestly, I I love playing. Last night I was playing a I was playing a uh, you know very happy go lucky like gnomish ranger uh, you know named Bixie. Uh, who was just like, he was just very happy to be there, you know? I mean, he's just no idea why. Um, but I've done that all the way to the super broody edgelords, you know, who, my parents are dead. But, uh, yeah, for this one, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm interested to see where Dante, you know, where he falls. Uh, I have a feeling that he's going to be very good-natured, but he's probably going to be that, that type of character that is very, like, I'm not even supposed to be here today. You know, kind of, kind of vibe going with him. All right. Uh, what kind of, uh, what elements of TTRPGs do you like the most, or least? Uh, well, okay. So for the most, the things that I like the most, honestly, for TTRPGs is settings. I love settings. I love world building. That's part of the reason why I am like almost always a forever GM. Granted, I'm getting to play here. But uh, I always love filling in the seat of the GM because I love the world building. I love settings. I love experiencing new places and stuff like that because I, I enjoy traveling. I like going places and seeing new things. Um, so uh, that is one of those. That is my favorite part. My least favorite part? Um, My least favorite part about TTRPGs is when a world becomes stagnant. That would be that would be the part that I think would be because a lot of settings over the years have become very very stagnant, in the sense of you know I mean we see it everywhere the whole like that's not the way it was back in you know freaking 1942 like no yeah I know that was World War II it was a different time it's you know we, we've evolved past then, um, so. You know, there are some things that need to be the same, but some things definitely need to change. And I'm all for, like, an evolving landscape as far as it comes to TTRPGs. Um, so, there is that. Um, but the big thing that I absolutely, uh, as this place here obviously illustrates, there's more out there than just Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> definitely. And I, I feel you on the world building. I mean, I'm going to make the stuff anyways, even if I'm playing half the time. Yeah, so, right? Like, like, it, like that's that's my whole thing. Is is like, cyberpunk especially, like, the cool part about, like, Night City, that is the great thing about Night City, is that Night City is never the same day to day, right? <laughs> like, it is, it is ever-changing. It is moving at the speed of technology, which, yep. as a person who's about to date himself, right? Who grew up in a household with a rotary phone. And now I walk around with a device in my, in my pocket that has more computing power than what they use to get to the moon and back. Right. The, the concept of just how fast we can move through and how quickly everything can evolve and change is it's just, it's, it's insane to me and I love it. And that's part of the reason why, like I've been, so itching to play some play some cyberpunk is because of that. All right, um, Diamond Dust. So tell me something about your uh, play style, elements of TTRPGs you like. You know, 
kind of characters you like, that sort of thing. So with me, my tabletop experience started when I first started in college, like back in 2017, um, where I was introduced to Dungeons and Dragons 3.5. And something I really found is like when I, when I play, I don't tend to play like the forefronter, like the forerunner of the party. I tend to be very much more the supporting. I tend, I, I like to play the supporting roles. So, like, in the case of, like, Cyberpunk, I enjoy playing Fixer. I enjoy playing MedDeck. I love MedDeck. Uh, I, I tend to be very forward about the fact that I love MedDeck. The, uh... <laughs> but, like, what I really enjoy is just the ability to, um... I, I, I think it's just a little bit of the, 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 the escapism and being able to be someone else that be, be someone else that I don't have to be because you know my, my typical night my typical like 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. I'm working as a night guard people don't like me meanwhile you know I, I swap over to you know being med tech and I'm like everybody's best friend great day <laughs> love it um, but I normally am a GM uh, I run two Pathfinder groups first edition and i found i really enjoy creating this world it's been a and especially like the labor of love that comes into it cyberpunk red however put, puts like a different spin where i just enjoy the thrill i enjoy you know the danger love it I guess, like, my downside, like, like the, one of the big things that I, I just, I did not like about Dungeons and, uh, primarily like D&D and D20 systems is everything was class-based, where, like, what I like with Red is it's very much more skill-based. Like, I, and you could say the same for Fallout, where it's very much, you're given a very basic template, and then you run with it. I prefer to be able to sprawl that way. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, and I like actually the balance with re, uh, red because your rollability gives you some distinctness, but everybody can have all the skills except for those rollabilities. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you can have your like smooth talking solo or your like, you know, belligerent, I don't know, battle prone fixer. You, you can make them if you want. Um, and so it lets you do whatever you want. Um, and I totally feel the, the med tech thing. I mean, I wrote medicine in time of red and med techs are awesome. So, all right, uh, let's move on to, uh, Crimson. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and, um, RPG elements you'd like or characters you like to play, those sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, well, first off, I started playing, um, TTRPGs initially like way back in middle school I'm talking like 2002 so like I think I started with D&D 3.5 back then it might have just been 3 I'm not entirely sure it was so long ago but um yeah honestly what I like most about TTRPGs is honestly the role-playing elements of it being able to put yourself in different people's shoes being able to build characters that fit into the world you are playing in and just like trying to react the way 
space, someone from that space would react, trying to put yourself in that situation because in my opinion, we don't have typically enough agency to make real changes in life. So TTRPGs are really, really cool for that because it like makes you feel empowered. It gives you the choice to actually like change the way a city or a world actually runs. And to me, that's what I'm in it for. Like I want to be able to have agency in a world where it is a lot like this world, especially with like, uh, uh, especially with like cyberpunk, like the hyper capitalism, like it typically leaves us in our day to day feeling like all we can do is what they tell us to do. So having agency and power to actually like play a character that can make those decisions is just amazing for me yeah no that's awesome um it's a little bit harder to make those changes in cyberpunk because it is a dark future it's not a mm -hmm. high fantasy where of course you're heroes uh, but it's so much more satisfying when you when you actually do make the change you know mm -hmm. um because like yeah it's a it's a real challenge it takes more you have to step up to really do it um and I mean, I think we all love role playing for the sake of getting into other people's heads, like, mm -hmm. or getting out of our own. Um, both of those are are good. Um, also, as far as like chaotic or lawful for my character choices, typically lean much further towards chaotic, uh, uh, because like honestly, I just find being lawful personally to be like a little boring. Honestly, I don't want to live by a status quo. <laughs> uh, I can respect that. Uh, as somebody with ADHD, I tend towards chaotic characters. I apologize to all my GMs. Uh, but, you know, it's how it ends up. Even when I try not to. So, alright, and we'll move on to Anthony. So, Anthony, tell us a little bit about... Uh, uh, what you like about our uh, role-playing games, type of characters, etc. Uh, what I love about role-playing games is really getting immersed in the character and gripping onto that world and holding on for dear life. I love the the tension mainly. I really love that feeling of like, what are we gonna do, guys? You know, like throw throw the book at us and and figuring out what to do. That's like awesome uh, i love that stuff as for like what kind of games i prefer i lean towards like role playing and and stuff like that uh when i play i i'm i myself am a role player i love sitting down and like pretending like i'm really doing whatever you know and um i i think a lot of what i enjoy in red specifically is um you know just the ability to be whatever you want to want to do like be to do whatever you want to do um and uh a lot a lot of my decisions for my character in this particular game which i assume we'll go into later obviously but a lot of a lot of my decisions were based on that 
Nice. And I and I love, by the way, uh, to put a little extra in there, I love the idea you have at your table that it is our story. I love that. And I really appreciate you for saying that. Oh, yes. I, I should say that's the audience. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I am a strong believer in collaborative storytelling. That, like, I can write up all these ideas, but the players make it come to life. Like, it's just it's just some notes before we play it. Um, and if I play it with one group and a different group, I get different stories out of it. We're, we make these stories together. Um, and so that's part of why I like to let players do things. And, like, if it seems reasonable and it's, like, or at least feasible is probably more accurate, um, then let's go for it and see what the chaos takes us. You know, because, like, sometimes you end up at really interesting places. Um, and it makes it a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in that collaborative storytelling, and I'm a big believer in letting players ha like be what they want. So I told my players, you know, if we end up with, like, all med techs, it's fine. We'll figure out how to make it happen. You know? Like, it, it, things get interesting when you guys, uh, when uh, teams lack certain elements of skills. So, because um, then you have to figure out how to get around your weak spots. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a really good thing to uh, bring up. So thanks, Anthony. It's the future, right? So, like, if we don't know how to do it, we can just Google it. There's a YouTube video on it, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you can do library search, down. right? Like, library? Uh, Books? What's a book? Books in my dark future? No, no. sir. Uh, I read the screen sheets. Does that count? <laughs> Come on, but the smell of books. Come on. True, but books papers smell so good. Papers expensive in the future. True. Well, only after True. you wipe out all the forests. Where does paper premium. come from? So, well, oh. if they don't wipe out the forests, how are they going to charge for canned air? Good Duh. point. I good mean, point. like, <laughs> good point. Oh. <sighs> That reminds me, my son came up with an idea for Cyberpunk of a, a subscription um, weight loss service in which you pay a subscription to get your your scale. And when you stand on your scale, it decides how much you're allowed to eat for the day. Um, and then Jay it pumps first. it out like a vending machine. Ooh, uh, and I'm like, oh, really? yeah, some corpo's going to be stuck on that as part of the, uh, the uh, corporate health insurance plan. Yeah. You, know, you want your trauma team coverage? I'm sorry, but you got to use the scale and pay the uh, subscription service. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, Damn, it's scary that, that's how, cyberpunk. It's scary just... how, how believable that is, though. <laughs> I also just feel like that system actually isn't going to take into account pe different people's different body types and no, like, not at all. the way they have to be healthy. No, like, that's not going to take that people into effect. aren't built the way that insurance wants them to be built. No, and especially not in the dark future. No, you know. Mm -hmm. So and you know, for and good forbid that you know you happen to also work a job that puts you in a line of fire. Often, yeah. that definitely isn't going to help at all. Isn't that isn't that every job in the dark future? I mean, that's a fair assessment. I mean, this is cyberpunk. You know, I mean. What do you do? I deliver newspapers and I get shot at. 
I mean, cyberpsychosis could happen at any time. You can be working a fast food job and just have someone come in and kill everyone. Well, I mean, they should have got their order faster. Right? Yeah, yeah. They were hangry. They were very hangry. They, I'm telling you, those fast food workers need to hurry up and install some, like, speedware. Because if they don't have it, they're not going fast enough. <laughs> All right. Oh, awesome. All right. Uh, moving on just a little bit. Um, so we need to hit some safety tools, of course, because that's important for session zero. Um, set the uh, expectations between players, GM, everybody, so we know we're all at the right table, so we can all have fun. Because, of course, like I said, for me, that's the primary thing. You know, let's have some fun. Um, and so I have several safety tools that we're um, using. A primary one is lines and veils. Um, lines are topics that you don't want in your games. Um, they're excluded entirely. You just don't, like, they're not something that you, you want around. And veils are uh, topics that you don't need excluded, but you should handle with care. Um, and um, lines and veils are something that, can evolve or change or people forget something so um we'll go through our lines of veils but if anything comes up at any time even in the middle of gameplay um that you're like oh this this is a line here or we're pushing something like that i'm not liking just step in and we can uh change direction because um we want everybody to have fun and so um communication is important in that that sense but um yeah it's not static it evolves Things change. People are different. You know, change. Personally, my lines are child abuse, sexual assault, animal cruelty, and bigotry. I just, I don't want those in my games. Um, they're not fun. And I, you know, um, I'd rather more, you know, something that's more like adventurous or something than like something that's just, just cruel. Um, and then my veils include um, sex acts. I don't mind some talk of sex or whatever, bard sleep with everybody, cool. We don't need to hear the description. Like, don't don't go into detail. Um, and then also suicide and mental health uh, more generally. I think it's always wise to tread lightly uh, when we're engaging um, topics that can be so um, close to people's hearts. So, um, you know, it's just important to keep that in mind. Um, and so, once again, we'll go around and... Um, you know, I'm just going to go the other way. So let's start with Anthony. All right. Well, for me, um, my veils, I'll start with those. Uh, any, you know, sexual acts and abuse, you know, kind of, I get that some of those things are relevant to a story at times, but, you know, veil them a little bit. Just help, help that helps a little bit. Uh, as for lines, you know, things like, you know, rape, suicide sexual assault animal cruelty and pretty much anything that is negative towards children i that i don't I want that in the game uh yeah and uh those are my lines of veils um crimson yeah uh as far as lines go like my main ones are harm to children and SA because, yeah, those ones are particularly heinous. As far as veils go, just like, yeah, honestly, basically same deal. Um, veil the explicit stuff. Don't go into detail about 
explicit sexual relationships. Uh, just like skip over that part, even if you are enjoying it. Like that's not something that we need to hear. But like, it, other than that, I honestly like acting out and role playing and fighting against things like bigotry in my games because I want to be able to not feel guilty about hurting people um so yeah uh i think that's it occasionally i will use veiled elements like that sometimes like light but only in rare cases and usually it's only in cases in which you can go kick the person's ass or you're explicitly moving towards kicking their ass uh in mm -hmm. the future because Screw red chrome yeah, because <laughs> uh, you know, if if you just put it in there and then you're just like, all right, now you have to move on, or it's like, oh, you can kick this guy's ass and ruin your mission or not, then it just feels, I don't know, feels icky to me. Uh, yeah, and I don't like I, playing those things. I so, definitely feel you. If it's not someone that you can immediately fight, then it's not something that I want in the game. So yeah. Um, then let's move on to Diamond Dust. Hello. Okay, so for me, lines and veils. Uh, for because because of my line of work, I'm really numb to a lot of things. But like for me, I don't, I I, I don't do well like just seeing you know, essay or like things happen to kids. Like I, I I've seen those things happen way too often, and it just it mm -hmm. makes me sick every time. I also am a severe arachnophobe. I, I, I know I'm, I'm, you know, big tough woman, but like, if you've ever seen the scene from Indiana Jones and you know, the in the Last Crusade where you know, like young Indy falls in that uh, thing of snakes, that's me. But I landed in a nest while I was in Scouts, so that's that's where that happened. We're gonna we're gonna leave it there. But, uh, like, I, I just, I'm not really going to handle, I just, I don't, I, I just don't want to deal with that outside of, you know, being at work. And, uh, yeah, like, I, I just, I, I don't like looking at them. I, um, for my veils, though, I'm, I'm okay with, you know, sexual acts. Like, then again, I, I'm, I mean, looking at, like, what I do, I mean, I'm, I'm very pro-sex. But... Um, abuse. I'm okay with it. I, I I see it enough that I'm very numb to it, but not towards children, and not having to do with like very sensitive things. Uh, and hate crimes. Like, I, I I'm okay if it's brought up, but I don't ever put me in that position unless it's me, you know, dealing with whoever did it. Yeah. So, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, I get that. Uh, and um, Kurt. Uh, let's see. Major lines. Uh, generally, uh, major lines would definitely be essay, as well as any harm to children. Another major line is people on fire. I won't get into why I don't like that, but people on fire is a very big hard no-no for me. Um, as uh, as far as veils go, 
Um, a lot of the things is, like, I, I understand and accept that, especially for this game, because veils kind of vary from game to game. Um, uh, but for this game, I understand that there's going to be a lot of stuff that is gonna end up having to be veiled, right? If it's the purpose of things like sex, I'm much more of a fade to black thing. If it's a, if it is, you know, um, something related to, you know, general bigotry, homophobia, transphobia, anything along those lines, I am generally pretty much against it. Only do, like, because it's one of those things where by that point in time, right, it's been a part of, like, you know, I mean, um, uh, trans people as well as, you know, people of color, everything along that have been around for so long and are such staples of the world, it doesn't make sense to where that would be there, right? Especially in cyberpunk, right? Where everything is transhumanism, right? So it makes no sense to me why any of that would ever really truly be there. Um, the Because it feels to me, especially for like a setting like this, it's more of a classism than it is anything actual racism or bigotry or things along those lines. So um, those are things that I just definitely not super, super big on. Um, but as far as other veils, I would say that um, one of the big ones would be uh, uh, drug use. Now, I mean this only in a certain way um, because drugs and pharmaceuticals are a staple for um uh for cyberpunk hell you gotta have it just to be you gotta be able to use it just to be able to use cybernetics but um one of the big you know like blatant disregard for human life over drugs kind of thing i kind of generally have a problem with but that's not something that can't be for that's something that can't be worked through all right and you actually bring up a really important element um when it comes to lines and fails, it's important just to make sure I say to everybody, including the audience, like, you don't have to justify it. You don't have to explain it. You can just simply say it is. And that is, that's what we'll work with. Because, you know, you don't have to, like, show us your trauma or even, like, whatever it is that, like, makes us happy, like, make you not want something. It, it's, your, it's personal. It's you. Like, that's cool. Um, you know, we accept people. So, um, yeah, and on the flip side, you know, I like to make sure everybody, and I, I'm sure you guys are all great, but uh, just always say that, like, you know, um, you, you don't argue with people about the lines of veils, because you can't argue them out of it. Like, uh, when, once they say it, I'm going to take it, and I'm going to go with it, because, yeah, you know, we're not going to pressure somebody into doing something they don't want. Uh, like I said, we're here for fun. All right. So um, the other safety tools I use, lines and veils are the primary thing. Open communication, make sure that we just kind of like, you know, share this. We can change it in the middle of a session. Um, you know, if if we hit something that's hard for one of you or heaven forbid, I, I accidentally cross a line or something, you know, say something, call it out, ping me. I don't care, you know, um, and we can, we'll stop and we'll take it. 10 minute break or something and we'll uh you know we'll figure out a different direction we'll shift it um so uh you know if we start straying that way just just be open about it um and i always have an open door policy so you can always 
get a hold of me between sessions, after sessions, during sessions, whatever. Bring things to me. Uh, it could be about me. It could be about somebody else. I don't care. I, you know, um, hey, you don't grow as a GM unless you listen to criticism. Uh, so, um, yeah. And then um, similar along similar lines, uh, we're gonna do a, try to do a break halfway through each session, about ten minutes if we can manage it. Um, but if you ever need a break, you need water, you need to go to the bathroom, like, just say it. Uh, you know, I'm not a taskmaster. I'm not going to make you sit here and be like, no, you have to go thirsty and hold it. You know, like, come on. Um, so if you, if you need a break, say it. We'll do our break early or whatnot. Um, and if I we go past, um, we go late and I haven't done one, say something. I get caught up in stuff and, and lose track of time. Um, so... Yeah, and then the uh, last um, safety tool is more to help guide our ship as we move forward is stars and wishes. Um, stars are things that you saw in a session that you think is awesome. Call out the good stuff. Tell people that they did awesome. I loved when you did this, or you know, it was awesome that I got to do this with my character, or whatever it is. Um, call that stuff out, and you know, uh, and highlight it. Um, but also, wishes are things that you want for you or your character. Uh, things you want or don't want for you or your character. So, like, um, you may want to be like, hey, we did a lot of combat last time. Can we, like, do some RP this time? Cool. Like, um, or you could be like, hey, my character wants to move towards blah, blah, blah. And, like, no guarantee on wishes, but, you know, um, it gives me stuff to think about so I can guide our ship in directions that keep, ev like, keep everybody having fun and uh, help everybody enjoy themselves. So, um... You know, I like to, to touch on those. And the stars also help with guidance because when we know what everybody loves, like, you know what you guys want more of, right? So, um, yeah, that that kind of concludes our um, safety tools and everything. And I am thinking that we're actually about halfway through what we have for today. So I'm kind of thinking maybe we do a five or ten minute break. Um, you guys cool with like ten minutes? That okay. works. I'm good with that. Right. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, so we will reconvene. Um, usually here on CyberNation, we leave the mics hot. Um, so you can mute yourself if you want to, but uh, but um, you can flip over to the uh, uh, break screen. So if somebody's here, they can chat with uh, chat if they feel like it. Okay. We'll be back shortly, folks. Yep.
Night quibble. No. We're going with night quibble. Night quibble. That nice late night snack to get you to bed. Oh, hi everybody. <laughs> I have no idea. We what were just night just, uh, not not sponsored is. by Night Quibble, by the way. Yeah, not sponsored by Night Quibble. What whatever <laughs> Night Quibble is, not a. Drag yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do not need whatever brands after happens. To be. Don't clip that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, all right. We're gonna get into this last uh, last part. Uh, first, I was gonna tell you guys a little bit about uh, at least one of the structures of the stream that you probably are not familiar with, and then we'll talk about the um, like a little bit of world intro, a little bit of campaign, um, you know, synopsis idea, so you have some idea where we might be going, and then we'll talk, introduce characters and connect their um, backstories a little bit. Um, so the first thing I wanted to bring up is um, in the CyberNation Twitch, um, when you're earning your little uh, cyber coins or whatever they call those, um, you can spend those. And um, in CyberNation, you can spend those to get um, um, plus twos for a player on the next roll. Um, the minus twos actually for Fallout games. So if you get if somebody gives those, then I get to use those against you. Um, but um, you can also get uh, a critical injury on the next hit uh, or, um, you know, something random and pointless. You can spend these on these various things um, to kind of boost things up. And the um, audience can do so as well. Um, the one caveat is you cannot use your own item that you bought. So if, if uh, say, Diamond puts in a plus two, Diamond can't use that one. And if it's the next one in line then uh, Diamond has to go with that for a little bit until somebody else spends that one. Um, so, you know, there's a risk if you want to swamp it with your own stuff. Um, but that's something that we have in there. Um, and offline, we'll figure out somebody will need to keep track of the uh, rewards that are dropping in and what's getting used. Um, so I just want to make you guys aware of that. All right, so I will move on to um, some general information. So um, for those who haven't spent a lot of time with Cyberpunk, I know most of you guys are rather familiar with the, the layout, but I don't know if everybody in the audience is. Um, we diverged from our timeline around the late 80s, you know, when the book was written. So go figure. Um, so... In the 1990s, the United States collapsed into a fractured, failed country. Without government regulation and oversight, megacorps began to run amok. They decimated the environment and exploited the masses in the never-ending pursuit of profits. Before long, megacorps grew in power to the point that they uh, controlled governments who once regulated them. By the 2000s, megacorps had become so powerful they started wars of their own. The worst of these conflicts, the Fourth Corporate War was fought in the 2020s between two massive military security corps, Arasaka and Militech. Over several years, they fought a brutal worldwide war that culminated in the bombing of Arasaka Towers and Night City with a nuclear device. When the dust had settled, international trade had been brought to a halt, but the greatest long-term damage came from a computer virus, data crash, that was created by a brilliant net runner uh, named Rash Bartmas. Data crash quickly and quietly spread throughout the net, a worldwide system of interconnected computers, which contained the vast majority of all data and information on the planet. In the end, 
78% of all data had been corrupted, and the net had become too dangerous to even use due to malevolent AI programs known as rabbits. During the rebuilding, one corporation emerged as a clear leader in communication technology, Ziggurat. Led by UR, uh, Ziggurat established internet and communication systems localized to specific cities called city nets or data pools. City nets contained all you needed, such as all-in-one social media platform called the Garden, uh, business websites, TV and radio stations, maps, an open source encyclopedia known as Citypedia, and even com communications such as phone calls and texts were routed through city net infrastructure. Now we find ourselves in the year 2045. Night City is still recovering from the fourth corporate war of 20 years prior. An enormous scar known as the Hot Zone sits in the center of Night City, a remnant from the destruction of Arasaka Towers. Uh, portions of the city have been rebuilt and now are safe, secure places to work and live, but only for those with wealth and power. While other areas of the city, the combat zones, are considered ungovernable and even the police will not go there. The combat zone is a mixture of slums, tenements, condemned and unstable buildings, as well as ruins and wreckage left over from the war. Welcome tonight uh, to the time of rep. Now, for our campaign, for our mission, I'm going to give a little uh, synopsis of that to give you kind of a little idea of where we're going. Uh, of course, we'll, we'll you know do this for real, but uh, um, you are the head of Ziggurat has become erratic lately. It started with a fairly small body sculpting adjustment. They made minor changes to the shape and color of their eyes. As always, this alteration was met with both criticism and adulation. Normally, that is where it ends, but not this time. UR started banning accounts critical of them en masse, including a number of high-profile accounts, which stirred up even more criticism. Then, UR changed their bio to Chief Twit and posted a video in defense of their actions. It was just plain weird. Some felt UR's response was vaguely ableist and classist. After that, it got worse. UR started making policy proclamations about CityNet and the Garden as a whole without warning, details, or context. Yet, they were publicly threatening to fire their employees if they didn't implement these changes by the end of next week. Now, most of UR's videos are either agitated and threatening policy proclamations or excited and confused diatribes that somehow involve Rash Bartmoss. The crew is approached by UR's personal assistant, Kim, because she is worried about UR's safety. UR has, been, uh, has recently decided to cancel their regular therapy sessions and step back from their duties at Ziggurat. UR has been regularly attending off-site meetings with an unknown party and only bringing their bodyguard and driver along. After these meetings, UR has suffered from nosebleeds, headaches, and even passed out several times, yet they refuse to seek any medical help or even explain what the meetings are about. The personal assistant hires the crew to extract UR and bring them in for long overdue medical treatment. So that is the uh, basis of where, where we're going to be starting with. And with all that in mind of uh, the world of where we're, we might be going with this, um, we're going to go ahead and introduce the, the uh, characters. Um, so um, let's, let's meet all the characters. Uh, I'll have each of you guys go through, tell us a bit about your character. Uh, you don't have to reveal all your secrets, but give us something to work with. 
Um, let us know your character's name, pronouns, role, uh, a bit about their personality, some of their background. After we introduce all the characters, we'll talk about how the characters know each other and why they would work together. Um, also, audience, um, you can toss out ideas in chat for how they might know each other or why they might work together or anything else you will obviously feel like saying in chat. So, um, you know, uh, feel free to help us out. And um, I guess we'll just start with Kurt. Uh, why don't you tell, you've told us a little bit about your character, but, you know, tell us, tell us about your character again. All right. Uh, um, again, I'm playing uh, uh, Dante Holofield, who is a who goes by the call sign Burnout. Um, he is a veteran of the Fourth Corporate War who just fell into trauma team work because it was similar to what he did beforehand. Um, past that, uh, he's just kind of just he's just he's your disgruntled employee. He's saving the lives of assholes who don't even know his name on a regular, and when real people need the help, they're not getting it. Um, he, uh, again, he's currently on suspension um, for saving the life of a non-insured person who happened to be at the scene at the time. Why he saved that particular person can be found out at a later time. Um... But uh, as such, he's responsible for paying off that medical bill that was incurred. And so he's been taking odd jobs uh, that he can uh, to help, you know, make those extra eddies to, to, uh, to take care of that. His most recent input has left him. And he is very much just on his own. He's... Uh, found uh what little uh recompense he can in the bottom of a bottle but when he isn't doing that he's helping out whoever he can inside his hab block uh, as far as how he knows these other characters um not 100 percent sure part of me feels that he probably has a reputation in his hab block for doing off the books medical not like ripper doc level type stuff right but more just the you know, he can patch bullet holes and he can set bones. And so, you know, when things like that happen, he's generally called upon or used. Um, anything yep. to make a few extra bucks. Yeah, we can figure out how they tie together after everybody kind of says some stuff so that we all have, like, a little bit to work with. Um, and I, I love it when the players, like, help figure this out because then you, like, you know, it just... You guys come up with better ideas than I do sometimes, you know. So, um, Diamond Dust, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Frost. Um, I am going to be playing uh, Weiss Frost Erickson. She is the uh, solo for this group. Uh, she is a uh, she. She's what some people refer to as a uh, member of the cleanup crew. Uh, she will. She's usually working for the Lazarus group specifically. Uh, her parents being executives for the uh, Lazarus group. There's some there's some assumptions that due to nepotism she got where she is. Uh, she's basically gone to she's been paid to go to academies to learn to fight to you know be able to blend in with crowds. She's basically an up and coming 
infiltrator for the Lazarus group, and she's just trying to survive corp life due to her family also having a hereditary feud, most likely some infighting with other members of the uh, company itself. Uh, she also does pick up other jobs for other companies um, at, you know, rates appropriate and has decided that, you know, being being solely with Lazarus is not paying out the way she wants it to. Uh, she does um, tend to, you know, try to not make herself known until the last minute. The situation, especially with doing extractions, she's very talented with picking up people and making them disappear very, very quickly. Uh, sometimes that means probably out the 40th story of a window, uh, 40th <laughs> story window. Um, fantastic martial artist, uh, decent training with handguns and rifles. Um, however, at the end of the day, she is just trying to make sure that she can just, you know, make her way up in the world of agents. And other rival corps, other solos are trying to put her out of the, out of the, out of a, the job. So there's a new opening. Nice. Nice. All right. Uh, Crimson, uh, tell us a little bit about Dreamer. All right. Well, um, Dreamer is essentially like your street kid who grew up because like her family was actually killed. I'm going to go ahead and say it was probably like either during the corporate war, they were like just killed as bystanders or it could be something even more than that. But essentially she is... Um, she is a person who has had to learn to live her life on the streets. Uh, most of her skills are like stuff that you would pick up hanging out with gangers and other nomads. She's great at, she is a nomad. I should have said that. Uh, and she actually has a couple aliases from growing up on the streets. I think her first one was Runaway because people assumed because she was young, she was probably a runaway away from her family, and she never corrected them uh, because she didn't want to relive the trauma of uh, losing her biological family. She goes by Dreamer or Hell on Wheels now. Mostly Dreamer because Hell on Wheels feels a little bit too on the nose uh, because she is an amazing driver. Um, she's not very educated growing up on the streets, uh, basically minimum in that entire education skills. Uh, but she's great with a handgun. She's great at driving. She's pretty good with, uh, evasion, uh, stealth, and, um, then she has got some conversation skills to go along with that. And I think that uh, she is going to be fun to play, and I don't think she probably likes you are too much. <laughs> awesome. All right. And Anthony, uh, tell us about Pseudo. And I'd like to say I like that name, Pseudo. That's cool. 
Yeah, it actually took me a little while to come up with a real good name. I, I had like a list of them, and I talked to all my friends. I was like, okay, what sounds cool? And just what fit and what stuck was pseudo. Everyone liked that name. Um, so Bell Pseudo Dulce. Uh, he's he's kind of a one of the younger members of the group. I would wager he's he's really new to this whole edge running scene, but. What he lacks in experience, he makes up for an extreme skill with, with tech and computers um, and, and general systems to get to a crack. He, he actually works right now uh, at a corporation, mainly Militech, and that's his main uh, client. He does runs IT and fixes, fixes things and all that. He's just a handyman. Uh, he does have a limp. He has a very. He was born with uh, with cerebral palsy, which, as some of you may know, uh, gets can get better as you get older. In some cases, in his case, he only needs one crutch, and he walks around with it. Uh, I represented that as a lower move stat, but obviously, you know, there's no real way to represent that in game. So, um, but he does have a have a crutch for that, and. But he, again, he makes up for his lack of physical attributes for them, the intelligence. Um, well, I already told you his name, but, you know, obviously he's a, he's a he slash him. Um, his role is Netrunner, as I've probably made clear. His personality is a bit weird. He's a, He's certainly like an oddball type of guy. Uh, grew up, grew up with a whole family. You know, he was never, he was never like, I guess, taught really anything. He had to learn himself if he wanted to learn something, and that's, that's really what shaped him as a person. Is he's very, through that he became very reclusive. He's not a people person at all. Um, as for his background, he actually mainly comes from the background of it uh his family ran the original some of the not original i would say but some of the older tech companies that would make smaller bubbles of the net back when it crashed and that was popular back then and then when the ziggurat came in and made a grander scale of that obviously the, many of those companies were put out of business his family owned one of those and so he, that's how he learned a lot of his things from just tinkering with that um Physical attributes, he's kind of like this some somewhat well-dressed guy. Usually can be seen wearing like a, a pink short-sleeved dress shirt. Um, he has these two weird like dragon scale eyes that he sometimes changes to normal ones. They're kind of like those... the They're cyber eyes, basically. <laughs> um, that teach... He has little things that he could change them. And... Um, there's a lot about him that I want to say, but I don't think I should now. So, I'll leave it at that. All right. So, um, yeah, at this point, uh, I'd love to come up with some ideas of how um, each of you might know each other. Um, not that everybody has to know everybody, but that, like, it's good when people at least have some friends or have people they can trust in the group uh, to some extent. Um, obviously, you don't have to if you're paranoid, prone to paranoia, you don't have to trust everybody totally, 
but you should trust them enough that they're probably not going to shoot you in the back on this job. You know. Um, or at least when, when you're in a firefight, they're probably not going to shoot you in the back. You know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, the one the one I thought I had was uh, potentially Burnout and Frost know each other from cleanup jobs. Um, as a solo, you make messes and you clean up messes. And med techs are well suited to um, cleaning up certain types of organic messes. Um, and so that's a possibility if you're if you guys like that. Um, but feel free for you guys. You guys can toss out whatever you want and chat. Um, throw throw out any ideas you have uh, on how these these uh, different edge runners might know each other. To be um, clear, are we allowed to throw out our own ideas here? Yeah, go for it. Okay, uh, I just want to throw this out real quick, just because it might be make it a little bit easier for y'all. I did roll for most of my stuff, and um, essentially my nomad family is just a single tribe or family uh, specialized in smuggling. I'm a lone smuggler for them, and uh, my family is willing to bend the rules whenever they get in the way to get what the pack needs. Also, dirty cops are gunning for us. Uh, just in case that gives anyone ideas. Alright. Awesome. Um, seeing how Frost is primarily associated with the Lazarus Group, and the Lazarus Group is definitely not a pet company of Militech. We, we, there's definitely no correlation there. It wouldn't surprise me if Frost has also encountered Pseudo before. Um, hmm. Especially with her running between different buildings and, you know, maybe having to uh, get someone to shush over there, if you will. Well, may maybe I was part of that mess cleanup, you know, like, you know, uh, Burnout had to fix the organic uh, elements, whereas I had to fix the more digital trail the elements. They're not yeah. on the payroll? Yeah. Yeah, um, that would work. I mean, because uh, when you're cleaning up, it's good to get rid of all the video, get rid of the records, or put the right video in, or the right records. Um, mm -hmm. And so, uh, that could definitely work. You, uh, the Frost and uh, um, Pseudo may have uh, done some jobs before, like cleaning maybe, stuff up. The... Maybe, maybe Dreamer was the getaway driver. <laughs> Uh, the thing with Frost is, like, she 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 has gotten herself to a point where she just kind of looks like an every person. Like, she just, she looks like anyone. And not, not, not like, specifically anyone. It's just, she wouldn't stick out anywhere. Hmm. Unless it's very, very dirty places, then she might have to buddy herself up a little bit to blend in, like, amongst Maelstrom. So... I actually gave my character a couple different outfits to choose from, so when she's going all out as her, she's gonna stick out like a sore thumb. But, like, she's also got, like, regular nomad clothes that are just, like, I, I got an entire nomad outfit, as well as, like, a ganger jacket and some casual clothes. That way I can change my outfit depending on what situation we're in. 
So half the time she'll stick out like a sore thumb. The other half the time she just looks like a normal nomad. So does uh, does the pseudo have uh, health insurance by chance? Not by the mechanics necessarily. So, but I would imagine no. narratively there he has some level of like he knows a guy that can help him. I was just yeah. curious. Just, just, just curious. That's not all. trauma team by any means. He's not. He's not a rich man. <laughs> no, I imagine. That. But he knows a guy with some band aids. I imagine that burnout probably has patched a few holes on Frost, um, and probably uh, because he grew up in a uh, he grew up in a mega block. Like that's where he grew up. Um, he probably would know pseudo from that from growing up in a hab block um part of his background is that he's a little bitter towards a corporation so i could literally make the corporation militech due to his family losing everything due to poor management from militech so like there's a possible tie from there's a possible tie there um as far as like a tie into into dreamer i mean I mean, Shit, he could have met her at a bar. Potentially. I also don't hate the idea of this, of my family having, like, their own dock on staff that they could be, like, paying you to come in every once in a while. I uh, mean, just to help out. I mean, I mean, he's going to take that, uh, he's going to take a job like that for sure. I mean,. You know, he's 1.2 million eddies in the hole, so he's going to take whatever he can. Yeah, Saving a life yeah. is expensive in, New in uh, Night City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just point. thinking my family probably mostly uh, deals with, like, ripper docks and other, like, street corner, um, you know, medics. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, 1.2 million, Frost. How you think a ride oh. in that hover car is cheap? Nah. Oh. <laughs> oh. You got to figure right now we're paying what twenty grand for an ambulance ride, less than a mile. Imagine doing it in a hover car. Wait, wait, hold on, wait. <laughs> Where are you at? That it is twenty. Like, what is that? The northeast or the west coast? Because like here in the Midwest, it's like maybe five grand tops. Holy moly. I live in a bigger city. It costs oh. more than that. <laughs> oh gosh, uh, you know I kind of forget these that you know the, the, these things are a thing, but the, I, I think that's I think that also really helps play into Fo Frost that she doesn't quite register that you know people on the street really deal with some shit. Like she she sees it, but she's never lived it because she's you know private schools, academies. Silver spoon in the mouth, probably at least real food once or twice a week. I mean, she's she's gonna be, you know, very neutral towards a lot of people. It kind of shows a, in her in her empathy too. She's just, yeah. I'm curious. Hang on, real quick. What's everybody's signature item? Tattoos. Tattoos. Yeah, she's got a lot of fashion wear. EMP threading. Two light tattoos, the kill counter from uh, Must Have Cyberware Deals, Bio Monitor, and uh, I feel like I'm forgetting one. Uh, that should do it, yeah. 
That's um, also that's a lot. Contraceptive, but it, but that stuff doesn't impact your humanity. What did though is her subdermal armor and her San Devastan and you her took a San Devastan. Hey, the faster you I are thought in the about initiative, it. the faster listen, you are in the initiative. Listen, okay, I'm here to tell you right now, my pharmaceuticals rating ain't that high. So um, you may be kind of up a creek if uh, you push that sucker a little too hard. Oh, she she does it. That's like very much more the oh shit button. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> listen. I thought about taking the San Devastan, but then I just was like, yeah. I want Wolvers. Shink. She she won't <laughs> pop it unless it's like, yeah, I need I need to go fast. Um and it, uh let's see, contraceptive implant. Um I imagine it'd be mandatory for all agents. And then also of course scratchers. Because mm. sometimes you just need something sharp. <laughs> I also took some EMP threading for under the skin. I'm going to come up with, like, a design that's just, like, visible through EMP threading, but I haven't put enough thought into that design yet. Um, as far as signature item, do you mean, like, most valued possession? Yeah, like, mine's a set of mirrored shades. Oh. Yeah, all right. I have, I've rolled, so it's a book or diary. I need to figure out what that book is. But I'm going to be one of the few people carrying around, like, a paper book with me. Wait a minute. Uh, hold, 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 up, hold on. A paper book? Yes. What's the paper book? Uh... I'm not sure yet. It's probably going to be something to do with, like, my family because I haven't, I don't really know them. I was so young when they died. All I have left is their memory with this book. So is it more like a scrapbook of, like, photos and small stories and stuff? I think it will be, yeah. That's, That's cool. what I was kind of going for. That's cool. It could also be, like, um, a family member's like favorite book or a book that uh, your parents read with you when you were young. That's true. That's true. It could just be like a fairy tale or something. Mm -hmm. wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Frost, what's your humanity at? Three? Uh, it, no, uh, it got bumped back up to 47, but like her empathy is like right at, is right at board, but she's, she also just personally is very neutral towards people. Like, unless there is a reason I need to give you one of my fucks, you can kindly fuck off. So what you're telling me is, your disguise is that you can look like, your, like, abilities that you can look like other people and your humanity is at 47? What does this tell us? Serial killer. Yeah. I mean, 47 I mean, isn't that low of humanity. Horrible. Yeah, that's not did, super did no one, low. Did no one get the video game reference? No? Okay. Yeah, you, not you sponsored know, by I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I was not, I was not aiming for that. It just so happened that it happened that way. So, you know, okay, fine. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll put, like, some two-digit number as one of her aliases. That, I don't know, 48. <laughs> so Actually, my, my character's most prized yet. possession is his agent. Uh, he he has a little anime waifu. No, I'm just kidding. No, uh, he uh, has a little a little pop up like AI that he talks to. 
Does he have it's his like own the only Cor- person Corona or whatever Corona, whatever her name is from Halo? Cortana. Cortana, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> it's not like that sophisticated, but it's kind of like a little thing he talks to. He also has a sister that he likes to talk to. Well, a stepsister, uh, whatever you want to call it. I am an agent, and I have a disposable cell phone because I want to have a burner that is used primarily to talk with my family. By that, I mean my nomad family. Nice. So, in terms of connections, um, I'm definitely seeing like maybe Kurt uh, worked with the with Dreamer and the Nomads. You're desperate for money, but also they're kind of a nice case in terms of like your good guy side, like your nice guy side, because uh, you know Nomads, you know they they're they're women, children, men, like it's everybody. It's it's a family. It's not just like people going out and getting shocked. Yeah, um, I was legit thinking that like what we smuggle is actually like medical supplies and food for people who can't actually afford them that was my initial thought just like people who are breaking the law but doing it to help people okay so i have an idea to toss out here as soon as i open up my uh file so i have a organization in night city that is kind of a um, loose conglomerate of medical per- peoples who try to help out. Um, and I was gonna t- I'll tell you guys just a little bit about it. Sounds like something Dreamer might um, associate with and, and same with Burnout. Um, the Medical Alternative Resource Exchange, known as Marx. Marx is a um, um, anarcho-syndicalist commune made up of med techs, techs and fixers who seek to improve the health of the least well-off in Night City through collective action. They collect mm-hmm. materials, oftentimes discarded items, and fashion medical supplies and equipment. March frequently provides medical services to the poor for little or no cost. They may be willing to help out edge runners with a reputation for standing up against corpse. Marx is an autonomous collective actively opposing the imperialist dogma that perpetuates inequality and exploitation of the working class. While Marx operates several small clinics around the city, they have no true organization. There's no formal leaders, titles, positions, authority, or membership. Rather, Marx functions more as a social movement uh, than a corporation. Those claiming the mantle of Marx are usually at protests, vigils, and demonstrations, either participating directly in the action or providing medical assistance to those injured during collective action events. Yes. So. Yes, I associate with them. They are who I help. So, does that mean that because I have a key to the back door of a med tech warehouse or a trauma team warehouse, I'm essentially selling off medical supplies to the nomad to go run to all the corner clinics? Ooh, maybe. That's good. I like that. That that, that could work. Um, That's really good. Especially if you have a nice enemy or something to go along with that. Or somebody gunning for you. Um, yeah, the insurance agency. Yeah. Who put me uh, on suspension for saving uh, a life. Yeah. And dirty cops don't like that we're helping save people's lives that don't have insurance. They want me gone. Well, I mean, those dirty cops, you know, probably work in uh, the special investigations unit, which we all know is, you know, bought and sold by the corpse. Mm-hmm. So, nah, they're completely on the up and up. I'm positive. I mean, it. sorry, sorry. Yeah, I <laughs> did not mean to disparage uh, the uh, 
We investigated ourselves, and we have determined there is no corruption going on. Yep. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that sounds about right. Well, in that case, then, if word gets out and somebody... Oh, gosh. Because, like, Frost is also kind of passed around between corpse from Lazarus. Like, she's literally rented out from Lazarus to other groups to deal with little problems like this. So... Man, that, that may have been a weird way that Dreamer and Frost may have encountered each other is Frost is Dreamer and Frost had a little bit of a spat coming into this. Mm. Yeah. I don't mind that. Just like us kind of being at odds a little bit with where our characters are at, just because of the drastically different backgrounds of our characters but yeah i'd still be down to like work with someone who's like trying to help right now even if i wouldn't want to work with them in during most business. of their work yeah yeah yep. um, all right yeah so yeah it sounds like um to me like you gotta do what you gotta do to get through yep. the mission you are on nice Nice, yeah. So we have some nice connections here because I've seen, you know, Frost and Dreamer at least have a little bit of like, maybe um, um, not conflict, but uh, um, tension there. Um, we have uh, Burnout working with Dreamer to help with uh, getting some people well in Night City, while Burnout also works with Frost, um, and Pseudo uh, works with uh, Frost on occasion too, and so. Um, we kind of have this, like, Frost is a little bit of a central element here, potentially, but Kurt also, or uh, Burnout also knows most of them, and um, I, yeah, mean, I mean, I was going to say, depending upon where where Pseudo lives, right? Like, if he lives in another, ha if he lives in the same hab block, I'm sure that uh, Burnout's probably seen him from time to time. I was actually yeah, yeah, just no, going to ask. No, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, no, go ahead. I was just going to ask, like, how much of a gunner is Pseudo? Like, is Pseudo someone who's really good in combat that, like, could be extra muscle brought in? He's not necessarily built for combat. He's more built for the technical side of things. Okay. That doesn't mean he can't kick ass. It just means he's not going to be as good as, say, Frost or some other people in the group. Technical side, like... Sorry to ask, but like, what type of technical skills are you um, good at? Things like demolitions, uh, lock picking, technical things. Just when I say technical, I also mean literal technical skills, like in the rules. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that generally, that uh, anything that falls under that category, I'll have a few points in. Um, and you're but he, he can four. use handguns he has a few uh, levels in handguns but he's really more of a melee user mainly mm. his weighted crutch i think i meant i didn't mention this earlier i wanted to but he uses his crutch as a melee weapon nice all right uh yeah i'm just trying to figure out how we might know each other is the reason i was asking those questions just so I can have a connection with everyone as well. Um, like, I actually, if you... sorry. Go ahead. 
Well, so what I was thinking of earlier um, is the f I wanted to mention the fact that uh, Sudo's not uh, true to his name is not necessarily a corpo. He's a pseudo corpo. That's actually where his name comes from. He's he doesn't really align with anyone in particular. He's not like he's not a good person, but he does good things. If that makes sense. Uh, he he look he looks at freelancing, uh, kind of like, uh, as long as you're not pushing any limits here, sure it's none of my business. Basically is, so you know obviously he won't kill people and all that uh, unless he really has to. But his main thing is he's a freelancer. He really doesn't care what you're up to as long as you're willing to help him spread his message which is mainly that the net should be a free place he believe he's a firm believer in that what's up diamond um so are we all in agree in agreement that collateral damage is just like off the table because like I, I i i'm very hard against like harming people that don't deserve it so like yeah for sure and, and with definitely it, it also just looks bad for pr Mm. Unless they really like shepherd's pie, I mean, in that case, no, no. You know I'm what? <laughs> Watch it. <laughs> I'll I'll break break your weapons. <laughs> All right. Damn. Well, if you're someone who actually believes in like making the web free and like getting rid of corporate control over the web and shit like that i think that our characters would probably get along and i think that maybe my character might have done some stuff to help you with that mission maybe got you some supplies you wouldn't have otherwise been able to get so you can actually like create like your own custom servers and shit maybe like some uh just some like hardware that you needed to get to get your own internet server up and running. Something like that, maybe? I like that. I yeah. like that. That's that feels like something pseudo would do. I mean, he the way he views it is that it's a it's an environment. The internet is an environment to him. So he believes that ultimately it should not be up to a corporation to dictate what goes on the internet. Obviously that's a little bit of a flawed view because he's a flawed person. I don't think that's um, a flawed view. I think the it's, view of it's not that the view itself is internet. flawed. <laughs> it's, it's not so that flawed. the view itself is flawed. It's that his morals in in that are flawed, and hmm. he believes this, but he doesn't believe it for the right reasons. He doesn't want corporate control. He wants community control, and that's. That has its own problems, obviously. And, I think um, that's you know I'm not going to explain scenario. that in its entirety, but of course, oh, but everything, it. everything in its own right has its own problems. But I'm not going to get into that here. That's not really what we're here for. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But I like the connection. I like the connection yeah. between yeah. you guys. You have a kind of at least some uh, sympathetic worldviews going on there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so. Yeah, we have. I think we have a kind of a nice thing going on. A uh, reason for you guys to work with each other, especially since like none of you guys want to do collateral damage. You all want to do something, re so at least somewhat positive, from the way you see it. Um, and so, um, you know, it'd be hard to find uh, a lot of edge runners who, who fit on that level sometimes because 
you know, sometimes you have a hard time finding ones that don't mind collateral damage, like, are against collateral damage, or like, you know, not just take the highest dollar. And I mean, some, some people in this group may take the highest dollar anyways, but, you know, you also like to do nice things once in a while. So, that, that fits. That fits nice. And we have a, I think we have a cool team. So, um, yeah. Uh, any other ideas you guys want to get out before we kind of tie things up for, for today? Um, so I, I, I just kind of want to ask just because like Frost is very much a corporate, uh, sympathizer, like, that's not going to jar too hard against the group, is it? Because it, it looks like the other three in the group are very, very much against corporate and, like, Frost, just because, you know, so, it's all she's known. So that, is, that, is, that is a good question for my particular character. And what I would say to that is that Pseudo isn't anti-corporation. He's, he's uh, anti-corporate control of, like, the internet, specifically. He doesn't really care what the corporations do otherwise. That's none of his businesses in his eyes. Yeah, Frost, he's, like I said, other... he's not a good person. Frost, on the other hand, is just like, well, Ziggurat's kind of got it figured out, so just let let them do their thing. However, she's probably getting hired by Ziggurat specifically to go pick up UR. Mm -hmm. And this might be the case. Also, uh, burnout just like in the matter of your uh, pharmaceuticals, like it, like how hard am I allowed to run this San Devastan before it becomes a problem? <laughs> um, because <clears throat> I can only pop it once an hour. Yeah, so your your Sandy um, in um, red is different than what mm -hmm. you would see in. Uh, the TV Edge Runners show. or 2077, right? It's not yeah. really time dilation. It gives you increased uh, initiative. Mm -hmm. And it lasts for a minute. Um, but functionally, uh, the way they, the way the rules as written are set up, um, it increases your initiative roll, which has only made it one point. It doesn't increase your initiative order. So once... As long as, like, the initiative roll happens within that minute, you get that spot on initiative, even if it ends, like, the next round. Um, as long as you catch that initiative with it, then you, you get that. Um, and the same actually goes for your solo combat awareness. If you dump points into initiative reaction and to get a better initiative, um, which you're allowed to reallocate when I ask for an initiative roll, before rolling it, you're allowed to allocate those points. You could dump in an initiative reaction, get a better initiative score, then the next round, like the first round of combat, use your action and reallocate your combat awareness and not lose your spot. Okay. Um, so that's the way the, the rules are, are structured um, on that regard. So it's, it's a little bit odd, but it's, you know, it works. Um, the only things that really change initiative order are um, people getting in vehicles because it moves you to the top of the initiative order. Um, Damons go to the top of initiative order. Um, those sorts of things that uh, specifically say that they're going to the top of initiative order. Um, so, um, yeah, that's technically how it works. Uh, it doesn't really, like, do the whole thing where it wears you out like it does in twenty uh, in Edge Runners or whatever. But um, on the other hand, you're not time dilating and shooting, like, five people in the head before they can react. Right, you're just like, 
to get in and jump on somebody. Yet. And, well, because I, I, I played Red before I played um, 2077, so I just always don't understand Devastan. It's just, you know, a nice little initiative booster. So, nice. you know, faster you are in the initiative, you're able to react to everything on the beginning of the next round. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you have uh, to say? No, no, no. Just the whole like you're not faster, you're not time dilation yet. Yeah. Oh god. Yes. Um, as far as your question goes, uh, Diamond, about um being willing to work with someone who is so entrenched in uh the corporate world when my when especially my character is so far removed from that world. I do think that it will have some points of contention, and I do think that we will butt heads a little bit, but I don't think my character is one that would intentionally try to, like, go after someone that they're working with or anything like that. I don't think that's something she would do. I think she would be willing to work with people to get her the job done. That's actually why I, why, why I was okay with, like, the family is willing to bend the rules whenever they get in the way to get what the pack needs. Like, I wanted my character to have, like, actually have, like, the same ideals as her family. So, like, as long as what we, what my, what my family needs or what I need has to do with working with you, I think that, um, she'll work with you fine. Okay. Because, and uh, I guess it, and I, I, I want to make this clear, it, it may get to a point, it, like if, you know, Dreamer and Frost start button heads, I will make sure, you know, that, you know, it, like, I, I hope everyone's fine with maybe a little bit of, like, inter-character inter, uh, conflict. I will never go player versus player. Never. Yeah. It's not fun. Unless you I don't really, like it. really like Shepherd's Pie. Again, with the Shepherd's Pie. I think somebody's hungry. I I haven't eaten anything all, all day. So <laughs> See? I, have, I have had a shepherd's pie that um, had uh, beans instead of meat, and it was actually really good. It was actually really, really good. Oh, I mean... Um, um, all, right. all right, so... Um, yeah, that's our that's our players. We have our characters. I'm, like, super, super excited to uh, get this thing going. Um... Because I think we have a nice crew, and uh, you know, little inter-group uh, conflict can always be fun, uh, especially like when you you play it as a kind of fun or teasing or whatever it is, right? Uh, but um, yeah, I'm I'm super excited to get this thing going. So we will, um, I think we'll be finishing up here. Um, unless anybody else has any questions, anything that they really want to get out before we leave, you know. Um, I just have one thing I'd like to get out before uh, we go. I rolled so many relationships. Uh, <laughs> like, I rolled an 8, a 9, and a 10. <laughs> so, like, I have 1, 2, and 3 in my Same. relationships. So, uh, I have three tragic love affairs, and I think that's great. Same. I, I, I saw that on there, and I was like, oh. Damn. I, I, I'm gonna have to go through and look at all, like, like practically, like graph out all your relationships with how many of you guys have. 
Two um, rivals cut me out of the action. The other one ooped themselves, and uh, Frost wears his jacket. So, so yeah, yeah, um, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Um, yeah. So uh, we will uh, be coming back and doing session one on December twenty sixth, twelve p.m. Pacific, three p.m. Eastern. Um, mm -hmm. And so we will mm -hmm. kick it off formally um, there. But I think we have a fantastic group, fantastic players, um, and I I think this thing's going to be awesome. So uh, we will um, kind of end it here. So uh, I'm Tracy. I've been the GM today. You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, Discord, sometimes Reddit as Stinkpalm007. Um, each week you'll be able to catch me here um, starting on the 26th on Mondays here at... Uh, you know, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern. Uh, but also you can catch me on uh, Fridays, same place, uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern for Team Star Runners, uh, where we do Cyberpunk in Space, uh, which is also a fantastic campaign. Um, and I actually get to play that one, so that's awesome. Um, and I'll pass it off to the players so you can let us know where uh, who you are, where we can find you, what you're up to. Uh, and we will go, I guess, start with uh, Anthony. Uh, well, as said, I am Anthony. Uh, I will be playing Pseudo in this campaign, the Netrunner. I don't have any socials at the moment. I might have some on the 26th. I will let the team know, and you know they'll have that put up on there. But at the moment, I don't have any socials linked. Uh, you can find me on the Discord at Belladonna. That's what my name is on the Discord. Um... Other than that, I loved being here. Awesome. Um, uh, Crimson. Hey, y'all. Again, Crimson Galaxy. That is K-R-I-M-S-I-N. Because I'm not me without a little bit of sin. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at sin underscore gal. And you can find me on both Twitch and Instagram at crimson underscore galaxy underscore RPG. As far as the games you can find me in on a weekly basis, on every other Tuesday, including tomorrow... Uh, I'm going to be doing Squid Menace over on Alakazam's Twitch channel. Uh, that is, we're a little over halfway into that, I think. So that is, uh, pretty good. On Wednesdays, every week, I do Tales from the Flood, a uh, Things from the Flood campaign over on Party Wipe Games at, uh, 1 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, on Thursday, every other week, I have um, 12 over on Horde of Tales at 11 a.m. Pacific time. And on the other Thursdays, I have Call of Cthulhu over on So Matty Games. On Fridays, I have Don't Rest Your Head over with Other Doc, who I believe might still be in the chat. And uh, that game is so good. Um, then... I actually do this week have a one-shot over on The Lost Caravan. I'm going to be playing Honey Heist. Uh, and that should be just like a really fun time. Then every other week, including this coming Sunday, I have Call of the Netherdeep, a 5e campaign over on Fool's Moon EI at 3 p.m. Pacific. And um, 
that's basically what I got, and uh, I'll see y'all back here on the 26th. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, uh, sorry. Oh, it's all good. Um, and Diamond Dust, go ahead. Hello, I'm Diamond Dust. I'm playing Frost. You're uh, you're a big solo, and uh, er and every woman. Uh, I uh, I stream pretty much almost every day. Uh, just, uh, you can catch me over on my Twitch channel, uh, diamond underscore dust underscore 320, or on Twitter at, uh, 320 dust, uh, 18 plus only, that's all I ask. Uh, the, uh, uh, I, I'm a co-founder for the Moonlighters Network, and Moonlighters has Cyberpunk Red every Wednesday night. I highly would recommend stopping by at about 8 Eastern time, 8 p.m. Eastern time every Wednesday night. You catch my crew. Nice. All right, and uh, Kurt, go ahead. Hi. Hi, everybody. I'm Kurt, also known as Covenant, and I am playing Burnout, our resident medtech trauma team guy on suspension. Um, you can find me uh, this Wednesday over on Emporium for the Wayward Gamer, um, and you can find me on Sundays on Emporium for the Wayward Gamer doing um, Star Wars. Uh, Thursday is Champions of Eclipsia, but that's rounding out. And Star Wars is currently on its mid-season break. Uh, you can find me over on my uh, on my own channel sometimes, depend upon if the mood strikes me. We're all stream video games once in a while. Um, but past that, uh, you just got to kind of watch my socials, and whenever I'm doing something, it's always getting posted there. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for uh, joining us. This uh, was an awesome session, Zero. I'm super excited to get this thing going. Um, and so we will see you guys again on December 26th, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, for I know you're a twit, but what am I? <laughs> we'll see you, folks. Thanks for Bye. watching. Bye. Fascination on the